0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fits Bar Pod. We are the Scottish Football Podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and I am joined as ever by a good friend of mine that I once shared a tent with in Australia for three weeks that we named after our favourite referee, Tam Stibbles.
1: (laughs) Good memory. Uh, How are you, John? You well?
0: I'm not bad, Scobie. I've had a bit of a roller coaster of a week, if I'm honest, uh, going from uh, negative COVID tests uh, to fortunately getting to attend my auntie's wedding. Uh, so, right, it's, been, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster, and that's been without thinking about uh, the Scotland Israel penalty shootout success and no fantasy football Scotland.
1: I know. I know, that off your plate at least. Well, I'm on top of the world. I think we all are. Still um, still getting my head around the fact that we we did it. Not often we, we did. can say that. Not often we can say, all right, part one, part two still to come. It could all go horribly wrong. But we, you know, yeah. fundamentally got the job done.
0: We did. We did. I mean, the amount of times that Scotland have played these sort of lesser teams, shall we say, in the Israels, the Georgias, the Lithuanias, and not done it. And you know what? I couldn't care less how we did it. But what it does turn out is apparently we should have been doing penalty shootouts um, yeah. for decades.
1: We have thought... <laughs> got- Who'd have thought that that was something we were just lights out, you know, put us in a penalty shootout and and just set and forget, you know? You, who would have thought that that was Scotland's uh, Scotland's sort of top top skill? So it seemed long long may it continue. and happily take another one of those one hundred and twenty minute nail biters, sort of slight offence to the eyes um, against Serbia. If I if I get to celebrate King Kenny. Smashing one home to to seal the victory, uh, absolutely love that. Photo, um, uh, like, being dug back out as well, the the mayor, such <laughs> so, such a glorious photo um,
0: Kenny, Yeah, the mayor of Norwich drinking his mad dog, uh, drink all the mad dog you want, Kenny. I'll buy it for you after that penalty. Absolutely. I brilliant. also really
1: enjoyed some of the tweets going around as a uh, you know obviously Scotland now falling foul of pubs uh, and restaurants closing at, at that time on Thursday. Obviously closing at 10 o'clock, the last night. The final night, of freedom, and obviously Scotland had to take it way past ten o'clock. So we had everybody crowded outside, peering through the windows to watch the 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 dueling and, and ensuing extra time. So I had the penalty shootout in the streets, just absolutely brilliantly poetically Scottish for that.
0: Fantastic scenes, weren't they? And just uh, from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, I mean, there were a few players on show in the Scotland team. You had uh, Gallagher, who I actually thought had a, a pretty excellent game there, solid at the back. Uh, didn't offer much with the ball, but that's all we were asking from, right? These two and a half million at Motherwell, maybe worth a wee look after the performance like that.
1: Yeah, I think so, but I don't know. I, 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 still, I still, I, I was never comfortable with that show. He did he, look, he did all right. We didn't concede, so fine. But I did think it was a bit of an odd one. I mean, a lot of people were calling for Porteous. Um, you know, I know you'll be happy to see Constantine has been called up. Um, uh, the we're options, but a but we'll just, um, yeah, look. Yeah, not a bad one, but, but
0: certainly Mother Motherwell's defence at the moment doesn't um, inspire much confidence. It doesn't, does it? Um, so, uh, how are we taking this pod on this week, Scobie? Well, we've talked a little bit about Scotland-Israel, but uh, during the since we last spoke to the listeners, deadline day has been and it has gone. So, what we will do is we will take you through deadline day, the key signings from each team. Uh, nine out of twelve teams did make a deadline day signing, so there's plenty of action there. And I kind of kind of like the transfers because it's kind of you know these shiny new toys in fantasy football that we get, and we're not going to get them now again until January. So <laughs> exactly, let's milk it for all its worth. Spot on, <laughs> my friends.
1: Yes, exactly. Kick us off. i have done a great summary of this, so let's let's get right into that.
0: Superb. So let let let's go through. Um, yeah. I had a cracking stat that I read about. So there were 73 transfers overall in this window in the Scottish Premiership. That's 20 less than last year's scope, babe. And since 2015, there's been over 100 in each summer window. So I suppose you're, you're seeing the effects of COVID-19 there. Yep. Uh, in a different way, it's good to see there's a bit more faith in youth, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, it might mean there might be slightly less bloated squads, meaning less rotation risk. And making this game slightly easier—is that right? Uh,
1: yeah, I'll give you that. I still—I don't think that's the case with the old firm. I think they've still got pretty, pretty large squads to pick from. And even if they look to youth, then fine. But uh, on the whole, yes.
0: Super. Right. So I'm going to kick us off here uh, with, with with what I thought was the with the biggest uh, deadline day signing, and it was at St Johnston. They've signed Guy Melamed from Maccabee Netanya. Now, St. Johnson, as we know, are in a horrendous rut of form, uh, having not won in in a number of games, bottom of the league. And basically, it's because they haven't had a striker, because I actually think they're playing all right stuff. So, is Melamed the answer, you ask? Well, he scored 50 goals in 178 club appearances and helped Hapwell Beersheba win the Israeli Premier League in 2018. He's 27 years old. Uh, so I think he's great. The only thing that slightly concerns me about him is he has 4.9 million. So it's that slight price point higher than, you know, the, the sort of four to four and a half million barrel that we often talk about and trying to get value out of. Um, but, it's, you know, Stevie May had no touches in the box in, the, in his last game. And I, mean, I think it's the signing that St. Johnson were crying out for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We'll get into the games, obviously, when we touch there. But I think it's been a running thing. You are right. They've created chances in Johnson. They're certainly not playing the worst football in the league by any stretch of the imagination. But there's just nobody there to score. It's such a problem. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, at least he's a little bit older and maybe he can handle that. He's got a goal-scoring pedigree. Um, anything's better than the current,
0: is it not? I've agreed. Agreed. Right, Scooby. What What was the deadline day signing that jumped out at you?
1: I mean, I bring it on myself, but I'm going to go for the hardest to pronounce one. So, uh, <laughs> just for the listeners, uh, the the man of many memes, Diego Laxalt. Laxalt. <laughs> what we say? How do we give that? Laxalt. Uh, Laxalt. Laxalt. <laughs> <laughs> left back um, with very questionable hair. Um great pedigree. I mean, you know, coming uh coming into the into the league and I think there'll be a lot expected of him. Um I think probably curtains for Greg Taylor or certainly he's gonna feel that uh that rotation. I know they're obviously playing in Europe, they need that bigger squad, and um, but probably Taylor who had really good value, we talked about all along, and he was sort of playing week in, week out up until now. Um you you feel he's gonna have to make way for it. So I've not actually seen a I may be wrong, but I've not actually seen a price for
0: Laxalt yet. Has he been has he been given one yet? He has, Scooby. He has. Uh, I, I, as a, frantically as a, typing away, John. That's as it. a tailor as a tailor owner, I am indeed frantically typing away. As a tailor <laughs> owner, I'm extremely worried about this. It's
1: three and a half million, I've beat you there. Three and a half million, which actually isn't bad and maybe is a sign of the fact we might see some rotation there, but that's only point three million more than Taylor comparing it to Frenpong. Uh, another popular choice on the other side four million so it's half a million less so I think that that price point probably comes at the, uh, uh, um you know, as a as a result of the fact there's quite a lot of Celtic defenders in the game. Uh, yeah. and we don't really know what, what Lennon's doing with them all. Um yeah, yeah an, an exciting um an exciting signing for them
0: perhaps. Yeah I agree with you there Scoby and we will come on in part three of this week's pod we're gonna do uh, looking at the old firm and how to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, so we will touch on more on your Celtic defensive um, options in, in that section of this week's podcast. Mm-hmm. So the next club, I'm going to take you to another piece of business that I was particularly impressed with was at Dundee United. Uh, they've signed a striker, McNulton um, yeah. from Reading. He's coming at 4.4 4 million in the game. I think this is quite a smart signing. Uh, he was on loan at Hibs the last couple of seasons, got seven goals and 15 appearances in 2019. And he started his career at Livingston, where he got thirty-seven goals in one hundred and five games. Yeah. So he knows the league, and he knows <laughs> Scotland. Uh, so I think that could be a decent bit of business, and maybe is, is that Clark now a bit more of a again a, a higher rotation risk than the areas because we know Shanklin's going to play pretty much every game, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, probably, probably uh, Knox Clark's value. I don't know how many people are holding on to him now. Shanklin's back anyway. Um, I really always liked McNulty, um, actually used to get our hair cut as the same person, so uh, claim to fame, um, but McNulty, um, yeah I thought he was always good, I thought actually he, he, he was a little bit unfortunate of him not to do better in his time there, um, but it was impressive at Livingston, he's an Ember guy, um, I think it's a really good move for him, so um, yeah, positive about that one, am I going to bring him in? No. Um, not unless it gives me a reason to, um, but you know it's, it's exciting to have some new options coming into the league. Loads of just so much competition for those forward spaces though in, in everybody's teams, you know. So yes. it's it's a difficult one.
0: Uh, but yeah. How about how about this piece of business at Livingston? This kind of this kind of got me excited from quite a nerdy fantasy football Scotland perspective because they signed Josh Moulton from Ross County. Mm-hmm. So he switched within the game which I'm not sure if it's happened yet this season. But anyway, that got my plums pumping. Uh, very excited about that. So he stays at £3 million uh, pound in the game. And as we know, Livy have been on a quite, quite a good bit of form lately, as you well pointed out last time, know, They've now scored two or more goals in five games in a row, which is quite, quite staggering returns, really. And they've now added Josh Mullen to their art- artillery. This is a guy that was a key player during his first campaign at Ross County, scoring 14 goals when they won the championship title. And just to add a little bit of sprinkling of magic dust on top, he bagged a brace in his League Cup debut midweek.
1: Yeah, really, really exciting. Good one. I like that too. Um, there's a couple of think that were good signings, but probably won't have much of a fancy football impact. Uh, just a kind of couple to touch on there. McGuinness going to Hibs, great bit of business. Yeah. Um, I think that probably improves his as a team and therefore probably improves their fa- everybody else's fancy relevant. But he's unfortunately kind of one of those players that are a bit thankless in, um, in in fantasy having them. that He's not really a prolific goal scorer, three or four goals a season maybe, um, but just adds so much to them. So good move for Hibbs, um, but I'm not going to be going and getting McGuinness um, in myself. Um, and another one which... Um, which, which you've pointed out, uh, is, uh, is, is folks coming in at Dundee United as well. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe does things to shore up their defence um, and make them stronger. They've looked quite good. I, we, we, we like Segrist um, and we like the defenders. So maybe he helps out there too. So some, some good signs, I thought, um, in that last little sprint to the transfer deadline finish.
0: Definitely. And there was a bit of business up at Petaudry, Greg Lee, Mm-hmm. Uh, came back. He was at Aberdeen last season. Uh, I was always really impressed by him. Uh, very athletic player, strong, and uh, pops up with the odd goal. He'll come in at left-back, so he'll be competing with Johnny Hayes for left wing-back, maybe pushing Hayes slightly further forward. But he also had a tendency to play defensive mid as well last season, though Aberdeen were much more short of options in midfield. But another good addition... It's not exactly back. short
1: now, are you, there? No,
0: no, no. Certainly not with Ross McCrory and Lewis Ferguson, Mm -hmm. our Scotland under-21 midfield partnership. Uh, Aberdeen also bought in a keeper, Woods, to back up Lewis. Do we care from fantasy? Probably not. And one that might allow a few people some free transfers in the game is Bruce Anderson has left to air, which I think, Scobie, as you raised with me off pod, it was a bit disappointing to see because you like to see Anderson get a chance, but Mm -hmm. he is fifth in the pecking order and as we'll talk about in part three with the Aberdeen games coming up, Cosgrove is on the verge of coming back, I think. So it just pushes him right down the order there.
1: Yeah, I did. When, it, when I first saw it, I thought it was a bit odd, given how short you've been on, on Strikers. And mm. I bet you know, you, you spelled it out fairly clearly. There he is, fifth in the and order and everybody's coming back. Um, so go to air and prove yourself if you can. because of course of goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indeed, Tommy um, Hoban uh, extended his contract as well that's another good bit of uh, news for fantasy football Scotland Manders, he's a popular one at the moment
0: Yeah, that's an a excellent pickup, up, Scobie, and yeah, him staying to the end of the season, I think just cements his place in that Aberdeen backline a bit more I mean, he's just been brilliant this season for Aberdeen mm. he offers a much more controlled way to to, to pass the ball out of defence than, say, an Ash Taylor for Aberdeen, yeah. which I think is yeah. a good thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm people pro- didn't, didn't depart Aberdeen. But as you know, with this COVID uncertainty, I think bigger teams where you can maybe afford to you hold on to your players, don't you? If you're going to have players going out with COVID and be fighting against this, um, I think there's an advantage to having that bigger squad to call on. So um, yeah, and I guess final things on this transfer window, and it uh, we look uh, you know egg on our face a little bit, but um, I think we're both fairly sure that we'd see the back of Morelos and Eduard in this window. I was certain. I really thought this was the
0: one. Um, neither of them are gone. Yeah, that is mental. And that is Eduard that has tested positive for COVID and it is self-isolating. So we wants to be playing in this weekend's hold per match.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll obviously, we'll come on to that. But, I mean, it's huge implications for the fact that both of them are staying. People were almost... Uh, I was sort of starting to, you know, Keep really considering um, a Jetty and Roof as those longer-term options if both of those guys left. Now they're both staying. It's quite a lot of mouths to feed on both sides. Um, on both sides of Glasgow. So um, yeah, really interesting. Really interesting.
0: Great for the league that they both stayed. You know, we want to keep the the high standard players. And, you know, that the two best strikers in the league probably. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right, Scott. I mean, we've been talking all the way through this season talking about the risk of either of them leaving and quite yep. yeah startling that neither of them have left. Maybe both right range and satter were holding out for a, a price that no one could 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 match.
1: Yeah maybe maybe and so we'll we'll do this dance again in January but um yeah for now anyway they're
0: they're here. Very good very good all right so there we go uh Kilmarnock motherwell kept Campbell Kilmarnock and Hamilton Motherwell with only three teams not to make a signing on deadline day Samirin so signed a couple of defenders. Finlayson from Rangers, 2.2 million. And Mason from Coventry, 2.4 million. See how they go in those games. Just to round up the news here, Jay Henderson, uh, fantasy football Scotland favourite, did get called up Scotland in the 19s. So well done, Jay. I take issue with people calling him a fantasy football Scotland favourite when all he does
1: <laughs> is essentially a cheat card that gets you some players off the bench. I'm not in that camp. So I'm not going to call him a favourite by any means.
0: Think He's me a on.
1: legend of the game. He's got a grand total of zero points.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why fuck Well, that's that. All right, so shall we get out of part one and move into part two where we review last week's action?
1: Yes, lots to talk about. Let's crack on.
0: Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fits Bath Pod. This is the part where Scobie will take us back, if you can cast your memories, back to before International Week and the melee that was going on at Rugby Park and the surrounding fixtures. Scobie, it was crackers. If you
1: can remember anything before Scotland became penalty-taking legends, yes, there was a game week last week. And just before it, yes, John, you touched on it rightly. Kilmarnock, we got that last-minute news that the game, um, the game was off, um, which I think just about sent me over the edge. I think it was about two hours before that. I'd made my, I think I'd taken a minus four hit. I'd made two transfers, um, and I think I was pinning everything on Kilmarnock certainly playing. So rookie mistake, hands up there. Um, I paid for it with my wild card. Um, I'm sure everybody doesn't want to hear about my wild card and the ins and outs of it but I did make it we're only going to get to do this twice on the pod so um, humor us
0: you want to just give us a quick rundown of what you what you were thinking at the time for for maybe the listeners that were are considering wild cards and and do you regret it I suppose that's the main thing to to um
1: I think ask me that question again in a few weeks and I'll I'll let you know I think I was considering to be fair a wildcard. I had been for probably two weeks. Um, now I think there's totally value in going as late into the season as you can and having that wild card in your back pocket, but I was at a point where like I was really gonna start falling behind in leagues in terms of my scoring and I wasn't that happy with some some parts of my team specifically, you know, obviously it'd take me ages to get Tavernier in, um, I, you know, things things like that. I just didn't like the general balance of my team as we're starting to level out. Um, and, and there's definitely an advantage of being, you know, certainly your three-set Celtic, three-set Rangers players. Certain teams are starting to pull away, and I think you've got to look at that. So um yeah, I went with uh, Joe Lewis at the back, McCrory from Livingston, a sub goalie, uh, just to reel them off quickly. Tavenier, Frimpong, Sporal. He is a pod favourite, give you that one. Goldson and our man a Hamilton, <laughs> my defenders, um McGregor and Elanussi um from Celtic. Then I had Kilty. Uh, Ferguson and Jason Holt
0: makes up my midfield uh, Morelos Kibamba and Shanklin I love that I love that front three I think that's an excellent front three and as we say Morelos now starting and uh, Uh, staying at Ibrox is uh, quite exciting and really brings him back into fantasy football relevance. So where are we going?
1: Where are we going first? Well, off the back of that, uh, we're going to go with the game with the most goals. Um, Really fun one. This is on the Friday night. uh, It was Hibs against Hamilton. Um, Now, he was a man that we were all raving about. We named an episode after, etc., etc. At the start of the season, Kevin Nisbet. Um, It was all about him again. Absolutely Super stunning kick. free kick. Love the free kick. Yeah, I didn't really know he had much of a set piece in him, in all honesty. Um I guess Malin's their usual set piece taker in all instances, and I know he's been out for most the season anyway, but yeah, it was a stunning free kick. G- good thing to note, again, if, you, if you're if you weighing up in this bit. Uh, and then a glancing header to make it 2-0. So that's his sixth goal of the season. They come in little pods. He had obviously that hat trick, then another goal, then the brace. So... Maybe he blows a bit hot and cold, but they've had some tough fixtures. Um and I think just we've talked about it, five point three million, he's always been attractive. I'm sure plenty of people have probably just stuck him in and run with him since week one and just hope for the best. Um and there's certainly worst hit players you could be with. Uh, but he's got he's got county next, um, then some tougher fixtures. So certainly this week I wouldn't be surprised if he saw him scoring again. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And, Scobie, just to just to add uh, weight to your argument about these pods that you're talking about that he scores, do you know that was the 14th time he scored two or more goals in a game since the start of the 2018-19 season? Wow. That's a great stat. I did not know that. That's a great stat. He start. scored braces and hat-tricks, which actually, from a fantasy perspective, is great because this yeah. is scoring points, right? So, is he a kind of guy that you give your vice-captaincy to uh, this weekend? Potentially. You know, they've got County who we know are of pretty they. off. Totally.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm definitely thinking about them for that vice captain spot. John, you know it's just always good to see a young Scottish striker scoring, scoring goals. <laughs> just, uh, to use your your phrase, it gets my my plumes pumping. Um, and then Hamilton obviously made it three. But do we ever, uh, do we ever count out Hamilton John? Never. never. No, we don't. <laughs> now, with that, sadly, there's a, a word about um, my value tip for the season. If you were to cast your minds back to game week zero, Marius Agumpo, who was oh, just, just an unplayable force at the end of last season. <laughs> and he's horrific this year. Um, and so I've watched the, the game and he wins the penalty and I'm like, this is it. Season turnaround, Agumpo's going to go in his big run. Um, shocking penalty. Misses it. Yeah.
0: And he's um probably taken off penalties. <laughs> so. yeah. Well actually what he was doing was he was making Marciano confident that he could save pens um for the Scotland Israel game coming Ah yeah. did you see I um, miss that.
1: Joe, <laughs> you know, I take it back, I love him. Uh, anyway, it was uh, they, they won a second penalty in, in quick succession, it was ex Jambo. Ross Callahan, who slots it, he was u- their usual penalty taker. So it, you know, I don't know really why I completely had out-muscled him for the first. So yeah, Callahan slots, and then Ryan Porteous managed to find his own net, made a real game of it for the last few minutes, uh, made it three-two. Um, it's been a bit more leaky than usual at Hibbs' defence, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it has. And um, Josh Doy, who's Everyone's favourite uh, fantasy football Scotland defender this season um, was in the under-19s game against England that was uh, called off at half-time due to COVID. So he is now uh, self-isolating until... He's going to be out until the Killy game on the 24th of October. Jeez. So That's yeah. a big loss. A,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a big... It's a huge loss, isn't it? Big loss. Um I mean, Paul Hanlon's probably the pick of the bunch if you get them, but they do have a tough run of fixtures coming Hibbs. Hibs. Um, I've, I've consciously not got any um, Hibs goalie keeper because I, I just don't like the run, and I think they are becoming a bit more leaky. Maybe, again, the McGinnis signing makes them a bit tighter. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, anyway, really entertaining game, 3-2. Good win for Hibs, though, nonetheless. Scoring goals again. Um, I think my well, one word I would be to just go back to him callahan he's two point six million, yeah with a double game week looming he's probably my pick of the bunch if you are after someone in that range
0: I mean yeah. by
1: name, I actually, the bank, but
0: I actually brought in Templeton uh before this game week just or was no, it was two game weeks ago, sorry, so he yeah. is in my team up front because I have. You know, just been bashing Hamilton so much on this podcast, I thought, right, I'll put in in a striker just to to sort of ease my consciousness, as it were. And I was disappointed that he wasn't on penalties, I have to say, uh, given that he is on every other set piece and everything seems to go through him. I think, you know, isn't a bad option as well for this Hamilton team. And, you know, they they are scoring goals and they gave him a real scare here.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. I think Adolphin, as we've talked about him, you know, and There's a couple of players there. I mean, they're just you just they always stick in Hamilton. They all stick into games, so you never know quite what you're going to get. But um, uh, yeah, w- one to look for. We'll talk about the double game week later. But uh, it was an interesting one. Great win for uh, Hibbs, all the same. Another good win, which was uh, pretty tightly fought, was one for Aberdeen. Edge yeah. and Merrin after going behind a pretty stinking first half. Not an awful lot going on. And it felt to me like Aberdeen needed that uh, to concede that goal to kind of wake them up a bit.
0: And what a goal it was.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Errahan? Errahan? Errahan. We'll settle on that. Uh, 29 yards, they said it was. Um, So ruin the clean sheet for those those, um, Aberdeen players at the back and Joe Lewis, who I'd obviously brought in. Um, But they responded very well. Um, Goals from Watkins, who I so nearly brought in. He was in an initial draft of a wild card. uh, And obviously he got the goal and then he set up that man, Lewis Ferguson. A word on Ferguson, 30 points, fancy points in his last five games. Fantastic. Valley's gone up by 0.2 million to 4.3. Okay, he got the double penalty the other week, so maybe it skews it a bit. Uh, but he's got a double game week now, as we know, against Hamilton and Dundee United coming up. I mean,
0: how appealing is he? I think he's very appealing, and so appealing that we'll chat about him in part three. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the double game week preview, so our listeners stick with us. Yeah, you're keeping dumb.
1: Well, he's been great for me. I brought him in a while back before this all happened. Um, you know, not through any... Uh, to be honest, I was, I was totally torn between him and Hedges, and I just went with it. You know, a bit on based on the penalty-taking thing, and it, and it was... Uh, and it's really paying dividends. So, yeah, I, I really like Lewis Ferguson, though. I think, you know, again, another great field <laughs> midfielder there, Aberdeen. Um, you're, you're a bit spot rotten at the moment.
0: This game was uh, was was turned on its head, kind of, you know, as a response, to, as you say, to that absolute thunderbolt from air as you like to call him, Scorby. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, it forced McInnes into a double substitution, that will have uh, concerned Fantasy Football Scotland owners the fact that Scott Wright was taken off after 63 minutes along with Nal McGinn brought on Ryan Edmondson and uh, Connor McLennan Edmondson got the assist for the Watkins goal and then obviously Ferguson did what Ferguson does best and scores important goals at important times of football matches he's done it time and time again and there's Relatively short Aberdeen career, you know, going back to his overhead kick against Burnley in Europe, his header against Rangers in the League Cup semi-final, and he also scored an overhead kick against Livingston in the 93rd minute a couple of seasons ago to to win that, so this boy's yeah. just got he's just got that big game aptitude and that I think will see him go quite far in in, in his football career in Yeah, general. I actually
1: thought that, you know, because it's all been all about McCrory, hasn't it, since he came in and rightly so, he's been great, but like Ferguson's been there and he's been consistently good, you know, and and I almost felt like Ferguson should have been the one maybe called up to the Scotland squads instead of McCrory, but um, I don't know, I think, you know, nice, nice, a nice problem to have, but yeah. Um, but
0: yeah, he actually you no, know, just before he hit that strike, he was uh, he was sort of hobbling around and the, the physio at Aberdeen told him not to to do any long passes or shots because his leg, his thigh was about to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you still see him do that from the you know best part of twenty five yards, just sort of yeah. shows his on it
1: bang it in. Um well on to our kind of Final game we'll look at a bit more in depth, um, which is which runs with the theme of last minute action. Um, Celtic against the Super Jays was a pretty appalling game for the most part, to be honest. Uh, Noteworthy thing being Turnbull got his first start in place of Brown, um, but did very little Mm. with it, which was disappointing. Um, I mean, it's maybe a sign of things to come that he's going to get more game time, but. Um, he didn't do an awful lot to inspire confidence. The whole Celtic team just looked really like lots of that first half. It was, a, it was a poor first half of football. But Super Jays, look, you know, suggestedly more than they held their own and I don't know how Craig Conley missed that um, yeah. to put them one their lap. I mean, it's a really different game. I mean, we might have just woken Celtic up to, you know, shit we're behind sort of thing, but... I mean, he just absolutely slammed it off the post, uh, and I think it's down to the thing you were just mentioning earlier—that goals, as we know, really lacking there. Um, so will um,
0: will our new boy be Guy the Melamed? Be the be the be the one to score the goals? I think he could be. I actually, you know, we we have talked about how Purus and Johnson have been results-wise, but I do think they've been in a lot of games, and it has just been that finishing touch. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully for them and uh, and Davidson that, that can turn things around for them yeah I, I thought celtic were yeah i watched this game as well and celtic were pretty uh, pretty dire weren't they i mean i know a lot of celtic fans have been calling for scott brown's head to get him out of the team complaining that he was slowing down the team and you know turn will take he'll take a. you'll take a you will take a few weeks to to get going in this team and he should be given time to settle in just given how much of a talent he is but you do yeah. have to be slightly pointed at that but it all changed,
1: didn't it? Just it like did. That. It did, and it all changed through a man that we love very, very much on this pod. Um, Lee Lee, Super Lee, Super Lee Griffiths. Great to see him out on the field again. It's been pretty awful. I mean, that was his first game since March when he got the hat-trick against St Mirren. Mm. Long time out. And he's had all man off off-field things going on, Griffiths. We know that. But, like, there's no better sign sight for a Scotland fan than seeing him in a Celtic shirt scoring goals. Um, and he tried a pretty spectacular one. Tried the overhead kick. Um, and about, I think it was about five minutes later, He's got a really simple chance, but just does what he does best. Just got a nice header.
0: Yeah, I, think, I think you're underplaying that as well, but it was such a good header that, like, his movement. Like I've been shocking defender from St Johnson not to pick him up, but yeah. you know, the ball comes in off the wing and he's the keeper's gone one way, he's got defenders there, and he's just placed it perfectly, knowing where the goalkeeper's not, not going. And that is where he is the best finisher in Scotland, I think. Oh, so definitely. Man. And definitely the best Scottish yeah. finisher.
1: <laughs> not the best, not the best finisher in the, in the in the league, but you say you know he's he's up there. Yeah, he's just got that. He, yeah. We can go on about Griffiths all you know until the cows come over It was eleventh goal against St Johnston. Interesting, there's like a goal against them pops up with him. Clamala got the second a little bit later on. Um, I still think Griffiths is leads and bounds ahead of Clamalla. Um He's just not mm-hmm. been around to fill that role, and I think he's definitely third on the pecking order.
0: Would you agree with that, Griffiths? Behind, yeah, behind you, Eddie well. and Jetty, would you say? Probably. Um, I was pretty impressed. With, I know we've given Polish Paddy a battering on this podcast as well, and quite rightly so at times, but he did get absolutely you know, assaulted in the box at one point. And his yeah. run up to his goal and took it well. So, yeah, fair play to him for scoring that. But, yeah, I'd put Griffiths at number three in the pecking order and we'd definitely expect to see him in the in the old firm uh, derby coming up which we will preview in the next part
1: of course of course uh yeah and no, always good to see him back there i just think you know we've talked about already edouard not going is um it could have been really exciting for Griffiths if edouard had gone if a jetty was assuming that role and you think he'd get a lot more game time but we know lennon loves him if he's given him reasons to play him to start him who knows um so yeah and then on the other end i mean, this just 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 wait and see with justin johnson with me my advice don't give up on them yet i think they'll go on a run eventually this season um and i think guys like conway and motherspoon are, are the ones to kind of would be my picks um of the squad who i would who i'd be looking to bring in if um you know if you are considering a scene all right final ones we'll just we'll just reel through it uh, some headlines so rangers came off the back of a 2-1 win against galatasaray and it was Business as usual, basically. Tav got the penalty. Um, I mean, we're just running out of superlatives for Tavernier. <laughs> what would you say? I mean, he averages 10 points a week. <laughs> well, he's on 97 points. He's three points off 100. Yeah, I mean, if you don't him, then you're an idiot, and I was for many weeks. So um, he's unbelievable. Um, other goal came from Barker. Uh, I thought Morales was looking good again. Kent's been a bit quiet. We've been only other thing to say about Rangers.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, Kent's been very quiet. And Haji is, what is he, top of the assists in the league? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't start many games, but he'll still come on and return assists. Yeah. And he is that lower price point than Ryan Kent. And I put Kent in a few weeks ago. I'm still waiting on him to return anything. <laughs> Other than a clean sheet bonus point from my 6.7 million pound midfielder, it's a big investment. That's a big <laughs> investment, but we've said it. The high priced
1: midfielders just oh, they just disappoint in this game time and time again. Um, but look, Rangers looked good again going into the old firm uh game. We obviously had uh Livingston, great result for them again, showed some fight to get back in it, but to be honest, we're deserved. Uh, winners. I think Nicky Clark's goal, the free kick for United, was their only shot on target and their only real chance. Uh, and Guthrie and Forrest turned the tide. We speak a lot about Forrest as one of those cheaper midfielders at three point two million, uh, and I don't think he's slashing the plan. I think he's good. Um, you have John Guthrie at the back I've, I've got as well. You?
0: Guthrie, Guthrie got his second of the season. Uh, for those who haven't seen the goal this week, it's an excellent hooked finish in, and he, so he's definitely got an eye for a goal. He scored six goals. Uh, for Livingston in the league last season as well. So I think there's more to come from Guthrie. And at 2.1 million, he's an excellent, um, really cheap enabler option at the
1: back. And we I mean, know how important is that because Livingston, we know they can get clean sheets. And if you've got somebody in that defence, he's sort of almost uh, counterbalancing himself. If he's not getting a clean sheet, he's got a goal. So um, yeah, Guthrie's a good one. Good choice, John. Uh, and then the final match was obviously postponed. Come on, Motherwell. We've talked about that enough, so we will we'll see that fixture. At some point in the near future, so it's making it really exciting with all these double game weeks to account for in weeks to come.
0: Hello, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. This is part three, where we will be taking some of the questions from the Twitter sphere. We'll be looking at the approach to the Old Firm game this week. Aberdeen and Hamilton have a double game week as well, if you haven't heard. And that game week 13 is on the horizon where it's a Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. And so there are a number of teams, Aberdeen, Celtic and Hibernian, who do not have games that week. And how do you prepare for that? Scooby? this sounds like quite a meaty part three this week. Oh, God, yeah.
1: Part three always makes me nervous. We're 12 episodes in and it still gets me every time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just got to
0: keep you on your toes please.
1: Right I can prepare for a little bit. I can't prepare for this bit John It's like a Pandora's yeah. box Right Crack on okay.
0: So The fantasy football scout Right Scout Has given oh, you the
1: Always got question. a good question scout
0: Always got a good question And it is, it is of course Focusing on the old firm game this week So How are you guys approaching The Celtic versus Rangers game Given most Will have four to six of their Players
1: I'm. I do have an opinion on this. Um, been fiddling with my team this week. Um, we've had lots of time on our hands to do so, obviously, um, with no game week um, this this weekend. So, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm unsure. I'm in a place at the moment where I'm thinking there's not going to be an awful lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So I think if I'm going to have to do anything, bearing in mind I've obviously got three from each side. Um, I probably want to play all the defenders, so I'm kind of banking on there being um, little to no goals, and obviously then from that point of view I get a clean, I get clean sheet points with that. Um, so I'd be playing, I'm playing Tavernier and Goldson, playing Primpong as well. That means I'm leaving McGregor and El on the bench because I don't think there's going to be an awful lot for them, but I will play Morelos because actually. That is me essentially saying I think it will either be a nil-nil or Rangers will win it. Yeah. Uh, one, maybe two-goal margin, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know why. I just think Rangers are playing really good football. They look the better side. There's no fans, so, you know, they're not going to be a factor in this one. Mm-hmm. So based on what I'm seeing in terms of performances, I'm probably going to back Rangers, so I'm going to play all three
0: Rangers players. You're going to play all three Rangers players. That's, I mean, that's mental, Scooby, right? I mean, it's, it's, How it's, are you approaching it? it? So, so here, here's what I've got. I've got Edward up front, so he needs to come out. I'm probably, I'm really, really tempted to put Lee Griffiths in because I just think if he gets in the park, I think he's going to score a goal. However. Wow. However, I think what I'll probably do is put Kevin Nisbet in there. So, I'll be Edward out. I've then got Ryan Kent in their midfield. I'll probably keep him in. Tav, I think you have to keep because there's often a bit of controversy in these fixtures and could easily see there being a penalty. Mm-hmm. I've got Barisic as well, who I'll probably keep in, as, yeah, keep in my team. And then my other issue is, so both my issues are with Celtic players. I've got Taylor in here as well. Uh, and obviously with the new signing from AC Milan, um, the big Specky, will he be playing left wing back instead? So I'm quite I'm quite I'm quite worried about my Celtic players here. So you're in essence agreeing with me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: the Lee Griffiths shirt would be an emotional one. Um Yeah. So just that'd be my word of I word suppose- for you. Don't get caught up in that. But you're an emotional man, so you know I um
0: in 2018 19 there was three celtic rangers games that ended in 0-0 so there I is the
1: have got to if you if you if you're trying to assess it then that's got to be the thing and it's usually tight but who knows football's bonkers these days who would have thought Villa would have beat liverpool 7-2 right so you know what's, I suppose what you got, say, you we've know, watched we've watched years of almost goalless old uh, firm games on average What's to say this isn't a nine goal thriller?
0: Um, Probably yeah. not. And then, I suppose Celtic as well. Uh, Biton has just tested positive for COVID, so he's not going to be playing. And Ryan Christie. I haven't heard
1: that one. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I- yeah. I-
1: I what's interesting about Biton was the fact that he said he couldn't train with Celtic because he was still not back to school fitness. Then he proceeded to play two hours of football against Scotland yeah. and take penalty. I didn't think Lennon would be particularly happy with uh, with that.
0: No. And he was booting Scotland players around the park as well. Yeah, yeah. Very so passive. Okay, we're, we're, next so question. Quite, but there we go. Hopefully that's answered your question, Scout. Yeah. Moving on to my next key topic uh, of, this, of this section of the pod this week, and that's the Aberdeen and Hamilton double game week. So this question here is from FPL Badger. And he's asked, is an Aberdeen asset worth sticking the armband on for their double game week? And if so, who? You take that one, John. So I'm going to take this one. And I think the guy I'd be most tempted to to uh, stick the armband on, and this is why I dodged your earlier question in part two, Scobie, about <laughs> Lewis Ferguson, is I think Ferguson could be the man to give the armband to here. He's, uh, he's Aberdeen's best uh, ret- um, return returner because he's on pens. Yeah, Uh, Aberdeen are looking decent. Uh, I don't know what the striker situation is just now. I mean, obviously Watkins has been playing brilliantly and he's been playing so well that it'd be really difficult to see him getting dropped. But, you know, is Sam Cosgrove going to be fit? That's something to keep an eye on so he might be potentially fit, but probably not going to play two games in four days, so probably don't give him the armband. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hedges was a, was a favourite at the start of the season, hasn't done an awful lot since then, and I don't think he's done enough to merit getting the armband. So I think Ferguson's got to be the guy you give it to. I've got two Aberdeen players um, in midfield in my team, both Scott Wright and Johnny Hayes, and I'm really considering taking one out, probably Scott Wright, and putting Lewis Ferguson in just for this game week.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, you mean if you. you... You're convincing me. You're making the decision for me at this stage. Um, <laughs> I'm um, I'm in agreement, to be honest. And I was sort of looking at ways I could potentially get another Aberdeen player in just for this week because I've got a transfer to use, and I and I, I didn't I don't I don't really need to use it. As I've said, I'm going to leave two of my Celtic midfielders on the bench. So I was kind of thinking, and I'll take your advice on this. But if I took Ali Nusy out. Four point seven million that frees up. I could get basically anyone. Um, so who who would be the most value for the two for the two games? I, I was thinking that maybe, you know maybe it's Johnny Hayes. Hedges seems a bit obvious. What do you think? So you're asking what other other player you? We, to if it's not Ferguson, who's the who's the Ferguson, who do you have to bring in in that midfield uh, for Aberdeen?
0: That's a really good question. I mean, I mean, from a return's point of view, so far this season, it's Ryan Hedges, but he has been born a little bit colder recently yep. while still looking uh, decent attacking-wise. So I'd probably just about say him, but I do have Johnny Hayes in my team and I will be keeping him in my team. Yeah. I think that's the of the season. And the other thing is with Johnny Hayes is that Greg Lee has just come back to the club. Therefore, he can play left wing-back and that might in put in like, essence, push, yeah. Hayes up further up the park. So it could be, it could be Johnny Hayes' time. I think so, like, it might like, be Johnny so Hayes
1: that I opt for. Definitely an interesting one. Definitely an interesting one. Good question, though.
0: Yeah, excellent question. Um, Hingme has I like always like Hingme's questions. I like Hingme's Twitter page in general. Will Hedges ever score me any points? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, well, I hope, uh, <laughs> well, now's the
1: week. If he doesn't do it this week, then take him out, huh?
0: This is it. This is the last week. Um, because, you know, after this double game week, Aberdeen do have Celtic. Mm. And then they have this game week 13, which I have been alluding to this podcast. So just for a reminder, uh, listeners, in game week 13 is the Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. So there's no games for Aberdeen, Celtic and uh, Hibs. St Johnston, St Mirren and Hamilton so you're actually limited to just Dundee United Kilmarnock, Livingston, Motherwell Rangers and Ross County players so do we start Darkly planning dark. for this game? Do
1: you know I've really
0: nodding my head on this game week 13 enough It's not far away, game week 11 this weekend Yeah Jesus and, and, and so the, and the other thing is that I did just recently read, so Sate on Twitter does an excellent tracker. I recommend you all go and follow him on Twitter right now because this will really help you out for game week 13. And yep. he's been saying that there's a good chance that the Motherwell-Kilmarnock game that was just postponed might get moved to game week 13. So in what I'm telling you there is that Motherwell and Kilmarnock are not only playing in game week 13, they've got double game week in game week 13. So wow. sometimes they aren't playing; they're playing two games. So it, it it leads me to think. I always I really like the Kilmarnock assets. I love Kabamba. I think Kilty is excellent. You know, and um, we talked about Chris Burke a lot before as well. So maybe it's time to move some of those guys in. Dundee United. We've already talked about Mcnulty, the new signing. Maybe that's someone you bring in there. Shank the tank, also the obvious one. And then it's just about filling your team with Rangers players. You've got to have three Rangers players for this game week, right, Scovey?
1: Yeah, I mean you've got to have three Rangers players to start. So if you don't, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the K- the Killy players. I think most people are gonna should have the two, at least the two Kabamba and Kilty, the two K's. Um, you know, so yeah. God, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to think about um yeah it might it's going to sway what I'm doing next week certainly I think this week I stick with it because think you, you want to try and get the points out of that Aberdeen double game week but you've probably you know don't go throwing the baby out of the bathwater like if you can't make it work it's not just accept it's not going to be your best week uh if you've got some of those people on a double game week fantastic but Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you plan for it too much because we don't have the free hit token here. We don't have something like that you can
0: utilize. It's just got to be. Yeah, I mean, and we know this season, right? That you know your best laid plans have basically been torn up to shreds due exactly. to COVID nineteen and fixtures getting rearranged, and postponed. Who says to know that these play, these teams are going to be playing that game week? Because all of a sudden yeah. you could have another, you know, infestation of COVID at rugby park and it bounces them again. So. Exactly, exactly. We're always holding on to your transfers right until the end, and, and and that that's what we'll be seeing again for this game week, isn't it, Scooby?
1: For sure. For sure.
0: All right. Well, oh, we have one more question, and this is from Thomas. Thanks for getting in touch, Thomas. Who's a suitable price replacement for Doig due to his COVID uh, and cup? Uh, I thought was that was another one you
1: just made up, asking me what I'm wearing or something. Sounded dubious, Thomas.
0: Well, his problem is 4167708. <laughs>
1: no, no, I guess by the question. It was a real question, don't I? <laughs> um, good replacement for him? Um, oh, I don't know. Doy? Um,
0: for Doy, Sporle? Maybe? Sporle's not a bad shout. Uh, if you want a straight hibs replacement, Hamlin's actually cheaper yeah. than him and scored more points in Fantasy Football Scotland. Yeah. And then if you want to rake around a bit more bargain, Scooby, we love a Dolphin and we love John Guthrie. We do. Um... Callum
1: Waters is the top scoring defender at Kilmarnock. 2.5 million. And uh, oh. they potentially got quite a lot of fixtures coming up. So don't yeah. hate him either.
0: Mm-hmm. Super. All right then.
1: I think that does right. it. Episode,
0: episode 12 in the can. In the can. Uh, we, oh, Fantasy Fit Bar Pod uh, League Scobie. Oh. And we've got a new feature this week. <laughs> we do.
1: We do. We're going to now call out our top point scorer for the game week just passed, so uh, nice. still sitting atop the table, Asika Jordan, well done mate, keeping that gap, and the top scorer with 91 points? Yeah. Um, Winnie, loser draw, Andrea Koppel, 91 points.
0: You are the fantasy. And actually that was with a hard. point deduction, at 95 points. Sensational. You're the Fantasy that Pod Manager of the Week. Get in touch and we'll send you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> you got a personalised tweet. Okay. Well, I think that just about does us. It does indeed. So we're recording this on Sunday night, guys. So obviously there will be twists and turns, I'm sure, in the week to come with uh, COVID and all sorts of other restrictions that will get put on us. But uh, hopefully we, that's helped guide some of your decisions for the coming week thanks again for joining thank you guys
1: have a great game week